let us open up our Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 25 through 34. That was just a little introduction before we read the, uh, the scriptures. Amen. It's good to see everybody here and online. Amen. The book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 25 through 34. Amen. And the Bible reads like this. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled... drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Amen. Can we get the scriptures up please on the monitor? Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced having believed in God with all of his household. Amen. Uh, let's pray. Father, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord. We thank you for the reading of your word, Lord Jesus. And we ask you, Father, just to be with us, Lord. Anoint every heart and anoint every ear here that is ready to receive your word today, Father, that you may be glorified, exalted, and lifted up today in Jesus' name. Amen. What must I do to be saved? Amen. In each person's life, there comes a time, amen, when he or she feels the need to take some type of action or undergo some type of experience in order to be saved. How many of you came to the Lord and you began to hear the word and the word began to move in your life and certain things began to happen and you asked that very same question or you came and, and you heard about salvation and you, you want salvation in your life and you want it for your children and you want it for your household. Amen. I remember coming to the Lord at the age of 31. I came in and, and uh, right away a few days after I was filled with the Holy Ghost and uh, uh, I heard about salvation and I heard about uh, 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 these Bible studies. I sat in them and right away my thing was, man, I want to get right. I want to make heaven my home. What do I need to do to make it right so that I can uh, one day be able to see the Lord? Amen when he decides to come and take me. Amen. And so the above question is of great importance to each generation. And so we're correct in concluding that we must do something to be saved. We must do something to be saved. Amen. Because the understanding, why do we come to church? We come to church to change. We come to church to 
to, to have revelation being brought on us. We, we come to church to, to grow, amen, and to, to change certain behaviors and to change certain characters and to, to have certain things done in our life, amen. Maybe we're, we're struggling in our marriage or maybe we're struggling with our children or, or maybe we're just struggling with ourselves, amen. And, and we need to find out if, if, you know, I've tried all those things out there in the world. I've, I've tried this and I've tried that. And so I'm going to give Jesus a try, and see what he can do for me. And when we get there, ultimately the, the goal, the ultimate goal for you and I is to make heaven our home. That is the ultimate goal. Above all, that's what we're striving for. Amen. Is to do what we can to make heaven our home. And so um, this question is of great importance to each generation. Because we are correct and concluding that we must do something to be saved. The understanding that we are lost without God. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. That for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So nobody in this place today. Even saved, sanctified, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. We cannot sit here and say that we are without sin in our life. And so more so those that are in the world. More so those that are not baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and living a godly and faithful life. Because the Bible says that for all, not some, but all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. And so you and I, amen, we must become aware of our need of salvation from sin. Amen. I was having a conversation with a brother this morning and we were talking about uh, how a lot of times uh, 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 people, uh, their, their uh, uh, way of witnessing to somebody is to right away break down the do's, uh, the don'ts, right? The, the rules of the church and, and what you're supposed to do and what you can't do. And, and it's mostly what you can't do that they throw at you first. Amen? And so uh, one of the things that I was telling this individual was that we have to be like God. Jesus says, be ye holy for I am holy. Now, when you look at the word holy, it means to be separate. God was separate from what? He was separate from sin. Amen. And so he says, be ye sinless, for I am sinless. Right? And so the objective now, amen, is to abstain from sin. Is to move away from sin. Right? Not be partakers of it. Not be doers of it. You know, not be onlookers of it. Oh, I'm just looking. I'm just watching. No. We need to run from it, right? And so we must become aware of our need of salvation from sin. And so this question besieges each individual somewhere in life. Amen. And so the question is, what must I do to be saved? Amen. And so just going down right here just a little bit, the word save has several connotations in the Bible, different meanings, amen? It's used differently at different times in the Word of God, amen? It ranges from physical to spiritual deliverance, amen? And so this particular lesson right here that we're going over today, 
deals with salvation or deliverance from sin that qualifies us for heaven when we die or if the Lord returns for the church before we die. How many of you want to make heaven your home? And so in order for us to make heaven our home, there are certain things, prerequisites that you and I have to do. Amen? Just like getting a college degree, just like in your job, promotions. They want to look at what you know how to do. What have you learned how to do since you've been here? Amen. For you to qualify for that position, for you to qualify for more pay. If you haven't done nothing, if you haven't tried to learn more, or you haven't tried to do anything extra, then we can't expect to get that raise. We can't expect to get that promotion. We can't expect to get certain things. And so it is with the word of God. If we come to God and we don't put no work into anything and we just come and we sit and we do nothing but receive and leave, we don't apply it. We don't, we don't study it. We don't fast. We don't pray. We don't do nothing. There's no change. Amen. How many of you think God's going to open those gates? Amen. And so this is stuff that we as Christians coming to the Lord, making a conscience decision, decision to come to the Lord that we must do. Amen. And so we're talking about the word saved because it says the jailer said this. Remember we read the jailer said this. He says, what must I do to be saved? And so the word save comes from the Greek word Sozo. Everybody say sozo. Sozo. That's the Greek word for save. Okay. Meaning to save, to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve. So in other words, what the jailer was saying on that day was, what must I do not only to be saved, but he was saying, what must I do to be delivered? What must I do to be protected? What must I do to be healed? What must I do to be preserved? We all want to be preserved for that day, for the rapture. Can I tell somebody that if you don't make the rapture, you've been judged? That's our judgment. That's going to be your judgment, and that's going to be my judgment, and that's going to be the judgment for my wife and for my children and for, for whoever else. That if you do not make the rapture, that was your judgment. God judged you. And so the idea, the objective is that we all get caught up in the air when that trumpet blows. That's the idea. Amen. I don't know about you, but I have, you know, I'm doing some things down here for my wife and my family and, and for other people and everything else. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get myself to heaven. Amen. Because nothing down here that I do, I'm going to take with me except for some people. Amen. I'm not going to take my truck. I'm not going to, I'd love to drive my truck up there. Huh. Flash the head. I'd love to take my truck up there. Amen. But we're not going to take anything material to heaven. Amen. We're not going to take our, our bank accounts. We're not going to take our cars. Amen. We're not going to take our houses. All that stuff is temporal. 
And yes, we need to build a good life and we need to have a good life here. Amen. I'm all about having a nice car and having a nice home and, and having nice things. That's good. God wants you to be blessed. He wants his children to look good. He wants his children, amen, to, to, to drive nice cars and to have nice things. He wants you to have those things. But he says, don't put those things ahead of this. Because the Bible says that everything in this world is going to pass away but my word. Amen. And so the objective is to strive, to, to try to, to push through the issues, to try to push through the things that, so, uh, the, that may beset you or that may be in front of you, amen, or may be oppressing you, to push through those things so that you can make heaven your home. Amen. We got to keep going because got to finish here. Amen. But I get excited. Amen. And so uh, even Webster's Dictionary, amen, it states that in theology, saved means to deliver a person or soul from sin and punishment or to redeem. Everybody say redeemed. The Bible says to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. He came to redeem us. You know, when you redeem something, what does that mean? That means you purchased it. You bought it. And so God bought you. You belong to the Lord. He paid with his blood on Calvary for you. So you don't own yourself. He owns you. He's your daddy. Amen. He's my daddy. Amen. Amen. And so he redeemed us. He redeemed us. Amen. And so, you know, I like that this lesson gives these uh, 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 scriptural references on being saved. And there's 16 of them. And you know why I like that? Because there are many, many organizations, there are many churches, there are many people Taking one scripture, we got to read this. We got to read this. Amen. I'm getting ahead of myself. Amen. So I want to go over many scriptural references on being saved because there is a lot of confusion on salvation. There's a lot of confusion. Amen. A whole lot of confusion on how you should be saved according to the word of God. Okay, and so James chapter 1 and verse 21 says, Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And so the emphasis here is on the word of God. In Proverbs 28 and 18, the Bible says that whoever walks uprightly will be saved. So do you mean all I got to do is walk upright and I'm saved? You know, some people take it literal, right? <laughs> but we all know what upright means, right? To be good and to, you know, to be a good person, right? And to be nice and to be kind and, and you know, and, and all that stuff. And so all I have to do is do that and I can be saved, right? And so the emphasis right here is on walking uprightly to be saved. In Luke chapter 7 and verse 50, the Bible says that your faith 
has saved you. So the emphasis here is that all you have to do is have faith and you're saved, right? In the book of Acts chapter 11 and verse 14, the Bible says, Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved? And so the emphasis on this one right here is on a spoken word that all that has to be done is a a word to be spoken on your life and you're saved, right? That's what the emphasis is on that one right there. In John chapter 10 and verse 9, the Bible says, I am the door. By me, if anyone enter in, he shall be saved. So the emphasis on this one is, all I got to do is answer the call. He's knocking, all I got to do is walk. I walked in, I stepped in, I'm saved. Right? So the emphasis right there on that scripture is just entering in the door. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21, the Bible says that even baptism now does also save us. And so here in this scripture, the emphasis here is on baptism. All you got to do is, is be dipped and you're saved. That's it. All you got to do is find a tank and have somebody baptize you and, or baptize yourself and you're done and you're saved. That's what the emphasis is right there. Amen. In Acts 2 and 40, the Bible says to save yourselves from this untoward generation. So the emphasis here is on our own personal responsibility and our salvation. In Isaiah 45 and 22, the Bible says, look unto me, look unto me and you'll be saved. Okay, I'm looking. Does that mean I'm saved? That's what the Bible says. Amen. So there's a lot of emphasis on these scriptures The emphasis right here is on looking to God for our salvation. Acts 16 and 31, the Bible says, believe on the Lord and you'll be saved. So the emphasis in that scripture right there is all I got to do is believe and I'm saved. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, the Bible says that for by grace we are saved through faith. And so the emphasis right here is that through grace and faith I'm saved. All I got to do is have faith. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. That whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord is saved. So all I got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus! I'm saved. Amen? And so the emphasis here is calling on the name of the Lord. Right? Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. The Bible says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Amen. And so the emphasis here is on mercy. God is merciful. God is loving. God is kind. God is all these things. And and he is all those things. And he's much more than the words that I can even uh, uh, try to explain them in. Amen. But the emphasis right here is on that. God did what he did. He loves me. He has mercy on me. And so because of that mercy, I'm saved. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 22. The Bible says, he that endureth to the end shall be saved. All I got to do is endure. Right? It doesn't say how. It just says endure. Amen? So all I got to do is endure and I'm saved. Amen? Romans chapter 8 and verse 24, for we are saved by hope. So the emphasis here is on hope. I have hope. 
That's all you need and you're saved. Okay? Mark 16, 16. The Bible says that he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. And so the emphasis right here is on believing and being baptized and you're saved. Okay? Being baptized in water. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 says, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you're saved. Amen. And so the emphasis here is on confessing and believing. All you have to do is confess and believe and you're saved. And so these are a lot of of scriptures that have an emphasis or that that teach the reader you and I that teach the reader on how to be saved and so so you get these individuals that say I want to be saved and and you get the first scripture and that first scripture amen in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 say somebody gives it to you or you find it and it says all I got to do is confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that God was raised from the dead and I believe you know what I believe that I'm saved because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. So then I'm saved. I confessed it with my mouth. Now I'm done. Somebody else opens up a scripture and they find another one. All I got to do is endure. And they stay on that verse. That's their salvation verse. That's how they're going to make it to heaven. And you know what happened? They start telling 100 people. And they start telling 200 people. And they start telling 500 people. And they start telling 1,000 people. And now you got a million people that all you got to do is say something out of your mouth. And you're saved. And people are doing it and believing it. And they're standing on it. And so what this right here is doing is like, oh man, I can basically pick and choose which one is easiest or, or fits me or fits my lifestyle <laughs> to be saved. Amen? And so if we continue to go forward, these verses come from various places in the Bible. Amen? Some were spoken by prophets. Some were by the apostles. Some of them were spoken by Jesus Christ himself. Amen? And so the question is, who is right? Who's right? We got prophets. We got apostles. We got Jesus Christ. Amen? We got Paul, Peter, Mark. Matthew, Isaiah, Solomon, we got all these guys saying, hey, all, can you imagine with Jesus in the room and Solomon in the room and Isaiah in the room and, and Matthew in the room and Mark in the room and, 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 and the prophets in the room and, and all these guys are in the room and every one of them puts down on a piece of paper, this is how you're supposed to be saved. Who do we believe? Which one of them is right? Amen. Which one of them is right? Do these verses contradict each other? How many of you believe that the word of God contradicts itself? Amen. Let me tell you right now that the word of God does not contradict itself. The word of God harmonizes. That's why I say, the more you study your word, the more you pray, and the deeper your relationship gets with the Lord. This takes years. I'm going to tell you right now, I've been in the Lord for 16 years. I do not have it all figured out. 
and I never will. We're going to go a lifetime and never know all that the Bible has to say to us. But one thing that we do have to understand is that it harmonizes from beginning to end. So our job is to find out how it harmonizes. Amen? How it harmonizes. Because I just read you 16, and I can understand why you thought that or why anybody would think that. Because I just read you 16 scriptures that contradicted each other. Left and right. No, do this, be saved. No, 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 do that, be saved. No, 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 do this and you're saved. No, 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 do this and you're saved. No, 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 do this one and you're saved. And then you even got Jesus throwing in his couple of scriptures. Hey, what about me? I'm the Christ. I'm the one that died. Do these. And then, no, 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 I got these ones. I got these ones. I got these ones. And so who's right? And does the Bible contradict itself? No, it does not contradict itself. Amen. It does not. Do we use just one verse? Do we use just one verse? Do we use all 16 verses together? Or do we use three or four verses together to obtain a formula for salvation? Do we pick the ones? Oh man, you know what? Those three right there? Those are good for salvation. That's the salvation package. Those three right there. They call it the Roman road. Amen? Where there's five or six scriptures out of the book of Romans. They call it the, Ro the, the Roman road. They call it the sinner's prayer. Show me in the Bible where it says sinner's prayer. Show me in the Bible where it says Trinity. And so we have to be very careful that we don't pick and choose what we want to do and what's easy for us. Oh, I can memorize those scriptures. I can hit them. Bam, 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 bam. That's it. No. Okay. We must use all 16 verses in context along with the rest of the word of God as it relates to action on our part. Amen. And so we are in gross error. Listen to this. We are in gross error if we fail to lead a sinner into every aspect of salvation and conversion experience. Amen. And so in other words, it's wrong to tell a sinner simply to believe or to be baptized in water without spirit baptism or merely to have hope or just to endure. We cannot isolate individual verses on salvation. We must embrace all of the scriptures for salvation. Can somebody say amen? And you're saying, man, that's a daunting task. 16 scriptures I got to do? Can I tell you right now that... Most of you already did all of them, and you don't even know it. <laughs> you see, we look at all these scriptures, and we look at it like a mountain, right? And we look at the mountain, and we're like, oh, I mean, you know, one time we went to this memorial. I can't remember what it was called, where the, the firefighters, it was years ago that we went. How many of you remember that? 
we went. Amen. I remember, I think uh, uh, Brother Frank had a cane or some crutches, huh? A, a cast. Amen. And, and oh my God, I almost died climbing that thing. And then once we got to it, we still had to walk another mile or something down there, down. And I'm like, I'm not walking down there because I got to walk back up. So I was like, I'll stay here and watch you guys. So I did. Sat down next to a lady on a bench. Some of it, I wasn't the only one. I'm not going to put people on blast. But I wasn't the only one. And I was huffing. And you know what? God gave me a word that Sunday from that trip on endurance. On enduring to the end. Man, I don't know how. I wanted to throw in the towel. I was like, I'm going to go back. Because every corner you took, it was another half a mile. And I'm like, how many more corners do we got to turn? And it was up and up and up. And that's how we look at salvation. That's how we could look at these scriptures. But guess how we made it to that destination? Guess how we made it to that memorial? We made it one step at a time. And some people even helped others. And so this isn't a journey. This isn't a mountain that you have to climb on your own. Amen. We're going to climb it together. We climb this thing together. Amen. And so we can't just pick and choose one or three or four or six. We got to do it all. Everything. Just like the word of God. We're talking about what must I do to be saved. We're talking about salvation. But we can't just get scriptures that we like and disregard the rest of the Bible. We have to take all of it into consideration. And apply all of it that is good to our life. Amen. So that we can be blessed. So that we can be healed. So that we can be restored. So that we can make heaven our home. Amen. You know, church, being a Christian is a lifestyle. It's not a season. It's not that I'm going to go to church for a month and then drop off. And, 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 and say I'm saved. That's not how it works. It's not once saved, always saved. Amen. And so this is powerful stuff. Amen. Because it is wrong to tell a sinner simply to believe or to be baptized in water without spiritual baptism or merely to have hope or just to endure. You know, I've said this before, and it really, it, it really gets under my skin. It really does. Because I've seen it happen before. I've seen people uh, come to an altar and be told by, by uh, uh, the person standing behind the pulpit, Hey, uh, 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 you know, one time I was at a, a, a revival, and, and we were there, and, and uh, 
you know, they were calling people. There was a lot of people who was in the inner city, and there was a lot of people, and there was a lot of people with, uh, that were drinking, and they were doing their thing. It was a lot of homeless people. Amen. And, and I remember they were bringing them in from off the street, and that's awesome. That's great. You want to do that. Do you want to give them God's word, and you want to see people be uh, uh, transformed and converted and filled with the Holy Ghost? But they brought a bunch of individuals, and I saw them. They were putting down their drinks, Brother Greg, and they were hiding their stuff, and they were doing certain things, and they were bringing them to the altar. And the man of God says, do you want to be saved? Yes. Well, lift up your hands and repeat after me. And right after that, he says, Brother, you're saved. And everybody exploded. Yeah, and he's saved, and they're saved, and she's saved, and they're saved, and she's saved. You know what those saved individuals did? They went back to the back. They picked up their bottles. They picked up their stuff. They picked up their pipes, and they went back to the street with the mentality, with the thinking that they were saved. And that's not what salvation is about. That's not what the Bible says. Once you come, there are certain things, prerequisites that we have to do and we have to continue to do. Amen. If you're in a college course and you're working towards a degree, when you drop out halfway, do you think you're going to get a halfway degree? You think they're going to send you half of a degree? No, you're not going to get nothing until you complete it. Then when you complete it, and so it is with the word of God, we have to complete certain things. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Are you following me? Amen. We got to go. Amen. And so there are other verses of scripture that we must consider in relation to our soul salvation. Amen. One of them is this one right here. I love this scripture. This is one of my most favorite scriptures it's 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Uh, um, memorize it, write it down, and really look into it. Because now as students, y'all are students. Y'all have been given a, a, a notebook and you're going to get lessons every Wednesday. Uh, next week we're going to have lesson 2. The next week we're going to have lesson 3. The next week we're going to have lesson 4. There's about 60 or 70 lessons. You guys are going to be super Christians. Y'all are going to get a cape when you graduate. Give everybody a cape. It says super Christian on it. Okay? 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. The Bible says, be diligent to present yourself approved by who? By God. We don't need man's approval. It's good to have man's approval, but at the end of the day, all we need is God's approval. So give diligence to present yourself approved by God, a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of what you're doing. Don't be ashamed of being a follower. Properly handling the word of truth. My version in the New King James says this. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Who can tell me right now how this Bible is divided? How is it divided? Old and new. Who else? 
so the most typical answer you're going to get is it's divided in the old and in the new. But when you really dig down into it, you're going to find that it's divided into dispensations. Okay? It's going to be divided into dispensations. What dispensation are we in right now? The dispensation of grace. What was happening when Paul told Timothy, hey, don't be discouraged. Just rightly divide the word of God. Remember, he was dealing with... See, the, the thing with the dispensation of the law and the dispensation of grace, they overlapped. And so those that came from the law still struggled, just like how we come in from the world and we still struggle to do the right thing, right? And sometimes we, we try to bring our old manias and our old ways and our old thoughts and our old beliefs and our old behaviors and all this into the church. That's what was happening there. There was a lot of confusion that was going on. Because they were going from the law to grace. Amen. And in the law, all you had to do was believe. Hence, the thief on the cross. Amen. Remember when Christ was being crucified, there was two thieves on the cross. One on his left side and one on his right side. One of them mocked God. Hey, if you're Christ, get us down from here, man. Lift us up. Get us out of here. You know, do what you do who you say you are. And what happened to his buddy? Hey, you shut up over there. Defended God. We're up here because we deserve to be on the cross because of what we did. He didn't do nothing. He's innocent. And what did he tell Christ? He goes, this day, remember me. What did he do? He believed, he confessed, right? And God says, today, you'll be, today with me, you'll be in paradise. Did he need to be baptized? Was he baptized? No, he didn't need to. He wasn't baptized and he didn't need to be baptized because it was a different dispensation. It was a dispensation of the law. And in the law, all you had to do was believe and you were saved. But when Jesus Christ was crucified and he resurrected, then the dispensation of grace took its place, right? And so then we find Jesus, remember first it was believe, then we find Jesus in the book of Mark chapter 16 and verse 16, amen, let's go there, I don't think I gave this to the media team, Matthew So this is right after. How many of you know or realize that there was two commissions that took place? How many of you knew that? How many of you know what the great commission is? Nobody. Nobody knows what the great. Oh, man, you're going to make me go two weeks on this. Amen. How many of you know what the great commission is? Matthew 28, 19. Okay, so listen to me, church, just real quick. Okay, so when Jesus Christ was crucified and he resurrected, the last individual to make it to heaven in the law was the thief on the cross. He was the last one. Okay, and so he, all he had to do was believe. He was the last one who made it into heaven. So when Jesus Christ resurrected, 
for the next 40 days, he appeared to the disciples. And he gave instruction to the disciples. He gave them their marching orders. And he told them, look it, I'm getting ready to go be with the Father. Okay? And so for 40 days, he takes them. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 28, 19, this is after his resurrection. He goes to them and he tells them, what does he tell them? He tells them this. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Right? So he gives them their orders. He says, go make disciples and baptize them. Okay? Why would he use the word baptize if all you had to do was believe? Because that was in the law. The law was finished. It was done. They had already stepped into grace. And so now he's telling his disciples, go and preach and teach to all nations, baptizing them, right? Baptizing them in the name of Jesus. We know that the name of the Father is Jesus, the name of the Son is Jesus, and the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. We don't baptize people in the name of titles. Otherwise, we'd be like, I baptize you in the name of my Theo, or whatever it is, right? We baptize in the name, okay? The Bible says everything you do in word and in deed, do it in the name of Jesus, right? And so now we find that we're in the dispensation of grace. So now what Jesus does is he adds, aside from believing, he adds the baptism. And again, we'd have to go longer, but all that had to do with how people were crossing over from the law into grace, Remember in the book of Acts, chapter 2, where Peter said, hey, Peter blasted him. Boom, boom, boom. You guys killed the Messiah. Well, what must we do to be saved? He said, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For what? The forgiveness of your sin. What was their sin? They slaughtered Christ. What was our sin? And so we have to repent. We have to be baptized. We have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so... We find two commissions, okay? Going back to this really quick. We find that there's two commissions. The first one is, we find it, the second one, the, Matthew 28, 19 is actually the second commission. The first one is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. You might write that down in your notes because it's not in these notes. This right here is all free stuff. This is extra. I'm going to charge you guys for this. Amen. You guys are making me dig deep tonight. Check this out. Matthew 10, verses 1 through 10. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to start in 5. Look at this. It says, these 12 that Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles. What? He got the disciples together and he says, hey, don't go to Larry's house. Don't go to Greg's house. Don't go to Aaron's house because it ain't for him right now. Because he's a Gentile. That's what he said. He said this, do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter the city of Samaritans. 
but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So it shows us here clearly that's before his death. That's before his resurrection. So none of this pertained to us. Oh my God. None of, in it, none of that pertained to us from the crucifixion back was not for you and I. From the resurrection forward is for me and you. And that's why he told them in the book of Mark chapter 16 and verse 15 after he resurrected once we stepped into the dispensation of grace he says go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and he who believes the the law right he who believes and is baptized will be saved oh my god And so we have to rightly divide the Word of God because can I tell you, church, that the only piece of the Word of God, it all pertains to us. Don't get me wrong. Don't get out. Don't leave this place and say, oh, pastor said that none of the, that just these five pages pertain to us. Just this handful right here. That's it for us, Brother Greg. We might as well cut that out and staple it and give copies to everybody and say, that's your Bible. Throw the rest away. Amen. Don't go doing that. Because this is a schoolmaster. What is a school? It teaches you. It teaches you. And so what do we do? We take the, 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 the meat and we throw away the bone. How many of you eat all the chicken bone? Or all the steak bone? Steak is gone and you're still gnawing on the bone until it's gone. No. We throw it away or we give it to the dog. And that's the same thing with the word of God. We take what's good. We take the meat and we throw away the rest. And so it all pertains to us. But when it comes to our conduct, when it comes to our behavior, when it comes to our salvation, there's only a small portion of the Bible that is for us when it comes to that. And that is everything that pertains to the dispensation of grace. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's give God a round of applause. I'm excited.